It's a pleasure to warmly welcome you to your favorite weekend program, Nasco Moments Radio Show, this Saturday. How many times have you washed your hands today? Fibroid is a common gynecological problem among women of reproductive age. It is a common reason for gynecological consultation in most hospitals, as well as the most common mild genital tract tumor associated with subfertility and early pregnancy loss in women of reproductive age. According to a World Health Organization report, 6.6% of global female population is estimated to have been affected by fibroids worldwide. Here in Nigeria, there have been rising cases of fibroids among women, especially those above 25 years. On your weekend delight, NASCO Moments Radio Show, we have as our guest, Professor Solomon Sage, a gynecologist and obstetrician with Joss University Teaching Hospital, Juth. He's also a lecturer with the University of Joss. He will be sharing his informed perspectives as we discuss the ailment of fibroids, types, causes, and available treatment options. My name is Hudun Gyang. Stay glued to your radio set and we'll be right back. Ah, ah, Mama Shakara. Eh? This is your shabby city shine. <laughs> and how don't fit? How manage? Ah, my sister. Brightex white detergent, oh. Brightex detergent, not the fade cloth at all at all. And they wash clothes clean well, well. It gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and soap? No, you know the chop and do. And it good for washing machine too. Eh? Mama Shakara, me too now Brightex detergent I go to use to wash all my clothes now. So that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Professor Salman Sage, it's a pleasure to have you on the NASCO Moment Show. Thank you very much. Okay. So in very simple terms, what are fibroids? Well, basically, fibroids are colloquially described as womb stones. You know, these are swellings that develop from the muscles of the womb. Mm. And you can have one or you can have several of them, depending. And uh, they are not cancerous, so uh, they, they, yeah, that's what they are, just benign wound stones. Okay. What are the types of fibroids and which amongst them is the most common among women? Well, uh, fibroids are described according to their locations. Since they come from the womb muscles, some of them may develop on the outside of the womb, the muscles closer to the outside of the womb. And so, since the area covering the womb is called the serosa, they are called subserous fibroids. Then the ones that develop right inside the muscles, the heart of the muscles of the womb, those ones are called intramural fibroids. And the ones that develop in the inside, you know, the inner lining of the womb, just underneath the endometrial lining, are called the subserous, I mean, submucosal fibroids. Uh, and then there are those ones that are actually on the, either on the outside or on the inside, but they are very, they are just under the coverings and they've grown to be big. So they tend to develop stock, as they tend to have a stock that holds them uh, to the womb muscles. They are called pedunculated fibroids, in which case they have a peduncle or a stalk that is holding them to the womb muscle. And then, of course, there are also the others that uh, may have 
grown big enough and they outgrow their blood supply from the womb and they now seek, get blood supply from somewhere else. You know, so they may be attached to any other abdominal organ, can be part of the stomach, part of the intestine, part of the kidneys, anywhere outside the womb. They might derive their blood supply from those areas and detach from the womb. So you see a womb stone there, it's already completely detached from the womb and it's hard and growing somewhere else. They are called parasitic fibroids. Wow. <laughs> but which ones are most common, especially here? Well, especially here, the commonest ones are the intramural fibroids, the ones that are developing within the womb. Mm. Okay. Now, what causes this ailment? Uh, to be honest, no one knows why they develop. But what people have noticed is that there are certain group of people where it is found to be more common. Uh, for instance, black people uh, compared to the whites. Uh, and commoner in people whose mothers or grandmothers or sisters have fibroids compared to those that don't have a family history of it. And, uh, you know, commoner amongst people who have delayed childbirth for quite some time you know, uh, compared to those who start childbearing early. You know, so those are the sort of groups where you find it. But if you talk about what actually causes it, people are not quite sure. But there are hormones that make them to grow faster. You know, estrogens and progestogens. You know, but uh, nobody really knows why. So there's really nothing you can do to prevent it then? No, I mean, if, if you're relatives, very close relatives, and develop fibroids and the rest, the earlier you start your family, the better, because they, they could trouble you down the road. Okay. So the age range, what is the age range of women likely to develop fibroids? Uh, anywhere after the age of 20, women can have fibroids, but you will find it more among people who are already over 30. And usually in women of reproductive age, between 30 and 45, for, uh, 45, may up to the menopause. But once women are menopausal, the fibroids stop growing. Okay. And um, uh, that's it. Okay. What about when you're getting really closer to menopause? Are you even more likely to get it? Well, that is not very sure. Okay. Uh, because so long as you still have plenty of estrogens and progestogens, you can develop fibroids. But once the, menu, uh, the menopausal period is close, very close, and we call that periodic climacteric, and the estrogens have started going down, then you are more likely to have a situation where the fibroids become uh, smaller and smaller because of the decreasing levels of estrogens. Okay. You said it's also more common amongst black women than white women. Is it about uh, our genetic makeup or do we understand why it is more among black women? We're not very sure why, but it is true that it is commoner among people of the African... You know, in, the Amer in the United States, it's more common among Afro African Americans than other groups. 
you know, and here we're all Africans, it's common among Africans. Mm. So it's just naturally a black thing, <laughs> you may say. It's common, yeah, among black people. Okay. Listener, it's the Nascom Women's Radio Show. Thank you for staying tuned. We'll be back to continue this conversation. Don't go away. Ah, ah, Mama Shakara. This your shabby city shine. And how don't fit? How manage? Ah, my sister. Brightex white detergent, oh. Brightex detergent, not the fade cloth at all at all. And if they wash clothes clean, well, well, it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and soap? No, you know the chop and oh. And it's good for washing machine too. Eh? Hmm. Mama Shakara, me too now. Brightex detergent, I go to use to wash all my clothes now so that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. You're welcome back. This is the NASCO Women's Show on radio. Our guest today is Professor Solomon Sage, a gynecologist and obstetrician with Joss University Teaching Hospital, Juice. He's also a lecturer with the University of Joss. We are discussing the ailment of fibroids, types, causes, and available treatment options. Um, so, um, Prof, what are the signs and symptoms of uh, fibroids? Well, if you talk about the fibroids themselves, they, they don't on their own just give signs and symptoms. But this is if they are small. But as they grow, they tend to impede on one thing or the other. If they press on anything, you can have symptoms derived from that pressure. For instance, uh, if they grow, if they grow big in the womb and they start pressing on the back of your bladder, then you feel like urinating now and again. You know, people going to urinate now and again. And if they start pressing on the nerves, you know, coming out from the back of the pelvis, they have a lot of back pain. You know, and if for any reason they outgrow their blood supply to any level, then you have pain from what we call ischemia. You know, and that pain from ischemia can be can sometimes be quite tough. You know, very bad. This you tend to find in pregnancy, because during pregnancy fibroids grow quickly, and soon they outgrow their blood supply. And then they start having some kind of degeneration inside the fibroid and can be quite painful. So, pains that you can point to where the pain is. You know, so pain, uh, sometimes abdominal cramps, you know, uh, cramps just before the menses, you know, and all of those maybe again due to fibroids. Now, of course, for some people, it may grow so big that it starts. Uh, increasing the time, the size of the lower abdomen. So you see some abdominal protrusion. Uh, and of course, for, for some people, if it presses on the entrance of the fallopian tubes into the ovaries, it may actually cause infertility. So you find people who are fibroids uh, growing within the womb, and then they're having challenges with conception. Then of course, if the fibroid is growing underneath, uh, that's uh, the sub-mucous fibroids just underneath the lining of the womb where the menses, menses shed from. Then you can, if it increases the surface area of that lining, 
when you have very heavy periods, you know, women come in with heavy periods and they pass clots and things. Mm. So those are the sort of symptoms that you find. Okay. Um, what are the common complications that women get from fibroids? Well, if you talk about complications, uh, if you have very heavy bleeding from fibroids, you can become anemic. You know, lack blood, lack energy, and the rest of it because of that. Uh, those with very heavy, uh, very big fibroids in the womb that is pressing on the back of their bladder and the neck of the bladder where you, you, you urinate from may actually have some level of urinary obstruction. You know, they just find out that they want to, they want to wee, but they just can't wee. You know, because of the pressure of the fibroid within the pelvis. You know, so there are complications like that. What about the kidney? Does it have any effect on the kidney at all? It doesn't, unless, of course, it presses on the ureters, which it can do at the brim, the brim of the pelvis. That's the outer ring of the pelvis inner ring of the pelvis, the upper part of the pelvis, where the ureter goes through. If there's a fibroid that's located near there and it presses on the ureter, if it blocks the ureter, because of stasis, that's non-movement of urine, you can have increased infection within the urine that is held back. And that can cause what we call pyelonephritis, and that can cause uh, kidney infection which can sometimes be quite uh, painful. All right. Now, can you share with the person listening um, who to contact as a health specialist if you happen to notice some of these symptoms that you have described? Well, it's always safer to see a gynecologist. Uh, if there are no gynecologists, then just see any doctor. Let the doctor advise you on what to do. But if there's a gynecologist nearby, it's always better to see a gynecologist. Okay. Uh, this is the Nasco Moments radio talk show. Thank you for joining us on the program. We'll be continuing with our next segment right after this. Brightex White Detergent Brightex Brightex White Detergent Brightex For your brightest wash, Brightex For your brightest wash, Brightex Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent, my clothes come fresh, bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you, Brightex. Brightex detergent cleans dip stains and dirt from your clothes, keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer. Brightex white detergent, a quality product from NASCO. Take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh, bright and clean. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. This is your favorite NASCO Moment show, and our guest today is Professor Solomon Sage, a gynecologist and obstetrician with Joss University Teaching Hospital, Juth. He's also a lecturer with the University of Joss. He has been sharing with us his thoughts and experiences on the ailment of fibroids, types, causes, and available treatment options. Um, so, Prof, are there any preventive measures to take against fibroids? Well, if you talk of prevention, 
like I said earlier, if you don't want to have fibroids, start your family early. You know, so that's that's one prevention. Because what we find is that those who start their families early tend not to develop fibroids because pregnancy is a progestational state, mainly progesterone, very little estrogen. And because of that, if you go through pregnancies a lot, you will find out that uh, new fibroids come in when the estrogen levels are not at such high levels, you know, would be, uh, you know, would have been controlled. You know, you won't have that number of fibroids developing. The other thing is that people say you might uh, go on some weight reduction. Weight reduction may just do that because it tends to reduce the level of estrone, the, the one type, one of the types of estrogen that is common among people who are on the fat side or on the big side tend to have, you know, exercise and things and uh, dietary uh, makeups that will help you to lose to to lose weight may just reduce the number of fibroids that you develop and the size and the rest of and and, and uh, related uh, conditions. I think those are people talk about some uh, some types of fruit, some types of this. I don't I've never seen any published work in those. So I'll not want to cancel anyone mm. to go and be taking Because there are a lot of claims out yeah, there. Yeah, claims are just too many. Mm. I won't want to but if you can go on some level of weight reduction by reducing your weight, you have less fats around. You have less estrone, and you have less tendency to uh, develop fibroids. But what about women who actually um, start their families early, and then they give birth to their children early, they finish, but then later in life, they still develop fibroids? Yes, that can happen. That can happen. Uh, if you have your children early, and you delay for a long time, fibroid can still, still grow, because... The, the womb will just the, the womb wants something to carry. After all, the womb is there to carry something. If so, if you don't give the womb babies, the, the womb will sort of develop its own something to carry. Okay. That's just the layman's way of looking at it. Okay. Uh, what are some of the treatment options for fibroids? Well, fibroids basically can we can look at. Uh, Medical and surgical. The definitive surgery for fibroid is removal of the fibroids through surgical means, that's myomectomy. But again, not all fibroids should be removed. You know, in fact, the majority of fibroids are small fibroids. You may see them, them on a scan and they don't cause any problems. You know, no severe bleeding. You know, no severe pain, nothing too much for the woman to handle. And the woman is having her children without problems, just leave her alone. You know, because a lot of women here 
over 500. By the age of 50, it may surprise you that up to 80% of women, 8 out of 10 women by the age of 50 years would have had, if you look at their wounds, there would be evidence of fibroid in one form or the other. Some will be small, medium size, and large. You know, so it's something that's quite common. Uh, so it's not something that we always need to do something about. But the ones that are large enough to cause symptoms that are disturbing the patients, the best thing to do is to seek ways to remove them. Uh, it is always dangerous to go and have fibroids removed by somebody who is not a gynecologist. It's a doctor, but not a gynecologist. Uh, because to remove fibroid is technical. It is more difficult than removing the entire one. So uh, you technically don't want to give that to somebody who's not a specialist at removing fibroids. So uh, if you want to, you can reduce the size of fibroids, but this can only happen for short periods of time. Uh, we, there are hormones or hormone-regulating drugs that we can use to reduce the size of fibroids. For instance, if the fibroids are too big, are very big, and you want to remove them, you can give the drugs for a short while, the GnRH, GnRH analogs, to reduce the size of the fibroid, and then you go and remove the fibroid because you re reduced the amount of blood supply to the fibroid, you reduce the size, it is safer to remove them without problems. Mm -hmm. But then there are a few other drugs that can be taken to help to keep the size of fibroids down. There, there, there are the uh, G, GnRH uh, antagonists. These are newer drugs and there are some of them that are injected, injectables and others that are tablets. They can be used to reduce the to keep the size of fibroids down. Okay. Uh, is there any deliberate policy uh, from government to tackle this ailment? No, I'm not aware of this. Because it's not, it doesn't threaten life, I don't think that it is a global health issue as such. Okay. You know, if it threatens life, the government can come into it. But for something that, you know, does not kill people. Well, you still hear of women going in for surgery and dying. Yes, but it's because they've, they've not gone to the right place. It's not in government can. If what now I'm saying, make sure it's done by a gynecologist. If you now go to a general practitioner to do it and you die, that is not as a result of the fibroid. It's as a result of uh, the person doing the procedure, not really sure of what safe, safety measures to undertake. Okay. So. What are your final words as we wrap up this discussion? Well, uh, fibroid is common. It's common among black people with we are. Uh, if you want to have children, it's better you have your children early before fibroid starts disturbing you because the treatment of fibroid can make you not have for that more than more children. That's one of the complications. And uh, you know, fibroids on their own can make you not have children, you know, because they can stay in places where having children may be a challenge, you know, conception will be difficult. So you want your children, babies, have them early. 
And if you do observe that you have fibroids, you know, it is better handled early. And if you have a fibroid operation done, the best thing to do is ensure that you settle down, have a family, you know, not more than two years from when you have the operation done because fibroids can regrow. It's one of the complications that can follow it. You may remove all the fibroids you've seen now and then three years down the road, four years down the road, they start popping up around the place again, you know, so people just need to take care of that. Okay, thank you very much, um, uh, Professor Solomon Sagi, a uh, gynecologist and obstetrician from the Joss University Teaching Hospital, uh, Jew. Thank you very much for your insights this morning. I'm sure uh, the listener is very well enlightened this morning. Thank you. We have been talking about the ailment of fibroid types, causes, and available treatment options. As we end the show, we uh, believe that um, you have found it worth your while. You can follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Group. You can also follow this program on Twitter. The handle is at NASCO Group. And we encourage you to send your feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Moments radio show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. Now to the NASCO Moments Trivia Question segment. This week the question is, what is the name of the condition that occurs when there is a hormonal disorder which causes enlarged ovaries with small cysts on the outer edges? If you know the answer, send it via text to the number 0805-774-7777 and include your name and location. Last week's trivia question was, what kind of farming was practiced in Egypt and the Middle East's Jordan Valley almost within the same time frame? The answer is irrigation farming. Our winners are Samuel Beatrice from Gindri and Dancy Audu from behind St. Michael's Catholic Church. Congratulations! You'll be called and told how to claim your NASCO gift baskets. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO. It was created by Unimark Limited Marketing Communications Consultants, Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department, Producer Harun Audu, Research and Contents Development, George Palm, Harun Audu, and Malau Silvanus. Production Coordinators, Solomon Audu, Malau Silvanus, and Deborah Galadima. I am Hudungya. Stay safe from COVID-19. Follow all safety protocols stipulated by health professionals and government. Bye-bye.